from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. My name is Fountain Hughes. I was born in Charlottesville, Virginia. My grandfather belonged to Thomas Jefferson. My grandfather was 115 years old when he died. And now I am 101 years old. Welcome to the American Folklife Center's podcast series, Voices from the Days of Slavery, Stories, Songs, and Memories. Drawn from the unique collections of the Center's archive, the series presents first-person accounts of African Americans whose experiences spanned the last years of slavery. They were recorded during the 1930s and 1940s, most often for the large-scale documentation projects sponsored by New Deal agencies during and after the Great Depression. Many of these recordings survive only as fragments, and the audio quality occasionally suffers because of the deterioration of the original recorded media. Nevertheless, the compelling voices of these individuals transport the listener to a defining period in this country's history. In this 1949 interview conducted in Baltimore, Maryland, Mr. Fountain Hughes recounts his memories of slavery times to Herman Norwood of the Library of Congress. Who did you work for, Uncle Fountain? Who did I work for? Yeah. You mean when I was a slave? Yeah, when you were a slave, who did you work for? Well, I belonged to um, Burnish when I was a slave. My mother belonged to Burnish. But uh, we uh, was all slave children, and soon after, when we found out that we were free, well, then we were uh, bound out to different people, Ficklin, Andrew, and Andrews, and all such people as that, and we had run away and wouldn't stay with them, well, then we'd just go and stay anywhere we could, and lay over at night and anywhere. We had no home, you know. We had just turned out like a lot of cattle, you know how to turn cattle out in the pasture? Well, after freedom, you know, colored people didn't have nothing. Colored people didn't have no beds when they were slaves. They all slept on the floor. Just like a lot of uh, wild people, we didn't, we didn't know nothing, didn't like looking no book. And there were some freeborn colored people where they had a little education, but there were very few of them where we was. And we all had a, what you call, I might call it now, uh, jail sentence. We just same as we were in jail. Now I couldn't go from here across the street, or I couldn't go to nobody's house without I have a note or something from my master. And if I had that pass, that was what we call a pass. If I had that pass, I could go wherever he sent me, and I'd have to be back. You know, when I, whoever he sent me to, they they'd give me another pass. And I'd bring that back so it's to show how long I'd been gone. We couldn't go out and stay an hour or two hours or something like that. Just send you. Now, say for instance, I'd go to the shelter's place. I'd have to walk. And I'd have to be back maybe in an hour. Maybe they'd give me an hour. I don't know just how long they'd give me. But they'd give me a note so there wouldn't nobody interfere with me and tell who I belonged to. And when I come back, why, well, I'd carry it to my master and give that to him. That'd be all right. But I couldn't just walk away like the people does now, you know. 
is what they call, we were slaves, we belonged to people. They sell us like they sell horses and cows and hogs and all like that, have an auction bench and they put you on a, up on the bench and beat on you the same as you're bidding on cattle, you know. Was that in Charlotte that you were a slave? Hmm? Was that in Charlotte or Charlottesville? That is in Charlottesville. Charlottesville, Virginia. Sell the women, sell the men. Oh, they'd, and then if they had any bad ones, they'd sell them to the nigger traders, what they call the nigger traders, and they'd ship them down south and sell them down south. But uh, otherwise, if you were a good, good person, they wouldn't sell you. But if you were bad and mean, they didn't want to beat you and knock you around, they'd sell you to the what called a nigger trader. They'd have a regular, have a sale every month, you know, at the courthouse. And then they'd sell you, maybe $200, $100, $500. Were you ever sold from one person to another? Hmm? Were you ever sold? No, I never was sold. You always stayed with the same, no, always, same person? Uh, I was too young to sell. Oh, I see. See, I wasn't old enough during the war to sell, during the army. And uh, my father got killed in the army, you know, so it left us small children just to live on whatever people choose to give us. I was were, were bound out for a dollar a month, and my mother used to collect the money. Children couldn't spend money when I come along. In fact, when I come along, young men, young men couldn't spend no money until they were 21 years old. And then you're 21, well, then you could spend your money. But if you wasn't 21, you couldn't spend no money. I couldn't take, I couldn't spend 10 cents if somebody gave it to me. Because they'd think, well, he might have stole it. We all come along, you might say, we had to give an account of what you'd done. You, you couldn't just do things and walk off and say, I didn't do it. You'd have to give an account of it. Now, uh, after we got freed and it turned us out like cattle, we could, we didn't have nowhere to go. And we didn't have nobody to boss us. And uh, we didn't know nothing. And there wasn't, wasn't no school. And when they started the little school, well, people that were slaves, they couldn't many of them go to school, except they had a father and a mother. And my father was dead, and my mother was living, but she had three, four other little children. She had to put them all to work for, to help take care of the others. So we had, we had what you call worse than dogs that got it now. The dogs that got it now better than we had it when we come along. I know, I remember one night I was out after I was free and I didn't have nowhere to go. I didn't have nowhere to sleep. I didn't know what to do. My brother and I was together. So we knew a man that had a, a living stable. And we crept in that yard and got in one of the hacks of the automobile and slept in that hack all night long. So next morning, we could get out and go where we belonged. But we were afraid to go at night because we didn't know where to go and didn't know what time to go. But we had got away from there and we were afraid to go back. So we kept in slipping that thing all night until the next morning and we got back where we belonged before the people got up. Soon as day commenced to come a break, we 
thought it wouldn't come much ago, whatever long. But we never done that but the one time. After that, we always, if it was away, we'd try to get back before night come. But then that was on a Sunday, too, that we'd done that. Now, uh, when we were slaves, we couldn't do that, see? Mm. And if we got free, we didn't know nothing to do. And my mother, she then she hunted places and bound us out for a dollar a month. And we stayed there maybe a couple of years. And, and she'd come over and collect the money every month. And a dollar was worth more then and ten dollars is now. And I and the men used to work for ten dollars a month, hundred and twenty dollars a year used to hire that way. Uh, now you can't get a man for fifty dollars a month. If you pay a man now fifty dollars a month, you don't want to work for it. More like fifty dollars a week nowadays. That's just it exactly. You want fifty dollars a week and they ain't got no more now and we had then. And we, no more money, but of course they bought more stuff, more property and all like that. We didn't have no property, we didn't have no home. We had nowhere, nothing. We didn't have nothing on it, just to, like the cattle, we just turned out and uh, get along the best you could. Nobody to look after us, we've been slaves all our lives. My mother was a slave, my sister was a slave, my father was a slave. My father belonged to uh, Burnley. And Burnley died during the war time because uh, he was afraid he'd have to go to war. But uh, now, you, and in them days, you could hire a substitute to take your place. Well, he couldn't get a substitute to take his place, so he ran away from home. And he took hold. And when he come back, the war was over, but he died. Well, I don't know how. I don't know to tell you the truth. When I think of it today, I don't know how I'm living. None of the rest of them as I know of is living. I'm the oldest one that I know is living. But still, I'm thankful to the Lord. Now, if, uh, if my master wanted to send me, he never said, you couldn't get a horse and ride and walk, give you a note. Well, you'd be barefooted, cold, but didn't make no difference. He wasn't no more than a dog, some of them did. He wasn't treated as good as he treat dogs now. But still, I didn't like to talk about it, because it makes, makes people feel bad, you know. Well, I, I could say a whole lot I don't like to say. I won't say a whole lot no. I remember when the Yankees come along and took all the good horses and took all the, sort of all the meat and flour and sugar and stuff out in the river and let it go down the river. And they know the people wouldn't have nothing to live on, but they done that. And that's the reason why I don't like to talk about it. People, and if you was cooking anything to eat in there for yourself, and if they, if they was hungry, they'd go and eat it all up, they wouldn't even get nothing. They'd just come in and drink up all the milk and milk and just do as they please. Time to be passing by all night long, walking, mud, raining. Oh, they have a cold time. Colored people are free, they ought to be awful thankful. And some of them are sorry they are free now. Some of them never rather be slaves. Mm.
Which would you rather be, Uncle Sam? Me? Which I'd rather be? <laughs> you know what I'd rather do? If I thought, had any idea, that I'd ever be a slave again, I'd take a gun and just end it all right away. Because you're nothing but a dog. You're not a thing but a dog. Night never comes out. You have nothing to do. Time cut tobacco. If they want you to cut all night long out in the field, you cut. And if they want you to hang all night long, you hang, hang tobacco. It didn't matter about your tired being tired, you're afraid to say you're tired. They just, well. That concludes this program in the American Folklife Center's podcast series, Voices from the Days of Slavery, Stories, Songs, and Memories. This episode was produced and edited by Guha Shankar, American Folklife Center, and Lisa Carl, North Carolina Central University. The audio engineer was Jonathan Gold, American Folklife Center. The website for the online collection, Voices from the Days of Slavery, Former Slaves Tell Their Stories, was developed by John Barton and the Library's American Memory Project team. To hear and read the unedited version of Fountain Hughes' story, along with other personal accounts of former slaves, please visit the Library of Congress website, memory.loc.gov slash ammem slash collections slash voices. This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.